But we have been um, exploring the Sunday-Monday connection. You know, there's a connection between what we do on Sunday morning and Monday at school and at the office or wherever we happen to be. Uh, and uh, I've been talking about the need to, to uh, take our faith to work so that we live our Christian faith seven days a week. It means being a disciple in the workplace as well as in church on Sundays. And as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are all ordained ministers. Not just me, but you too. And I just can't say this often enough, so I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep pounding it away. You are ordained ministers by virtue of your baptism. You're just as much a minister as I am. Now, you may not have gone to seminary, and you may not occupy a pulpit like I do, but you all have received a holy calling from God to serve Him in the world. And that calling is both general and it's specific. Our general calling, the, call, the calling common to us all, is to grow in the love and grace of God, living the kind of life Jesus taught and modeled. Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So that God calls each of us to live uh, a life of Christian integrity, growing in Christ-likeness, our general call, to put it very simply, is to be like Christ so that others can see something of Him in us. So there's that general calling, right? To live by Christian principles and reflect His character to others. But there's a more specific calling given to each of us by God. And it's that God-given desire and ability to make a difference in a particular arena of life where God is glorified and where people are served. Respected Christian author Oz Guinness defines calling this way. He says, Calling is the truth that God calls us to, to himself, so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion a dynamism and direction lived out as a response to his summons and service. Calling is that thing that just energizes us because we, we're all in uh, with Christ. Now, we have a special calling. And our calling may be to a ministry in the church body. It may be related to a career or to a vocation or to a particular issue or need in the world. And that calling will depend on the different seasons of our life. We may not know what that personal call to ministry is, but we may not have thought about it much, and, and maybe we've kind of suppressed the, the thought, the call. But the fact is, each of us, has a special ministry to exercise, to fulfill, according to the way that God has uniquely designed us and wired us. Listen again to the Apostle Paul. He says, 
We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, we are all a piece of work. God's work. We are uniquely designed by God. I mean, there is nobody like us, right? You know the old snowflake analogy, you know? Every snowflake that's fallen from the sky is unique from the beginning of time. Every snowflake is unique. And so, too, for us, we are uniquely designed and wired by God to fulfill a particular purpose. He gives us a calling in life. Now, it's interesting to study the, the calling of different Bible personalities. They understand that they were, in some sense, set apart for a special ministry. So listen to Jeremiah's own description of his call from God. He says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the tomb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Last sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah knew he was called even before he was in his mother's womb. God had appointed him to be a prophet to the nations. And uh, Jeremiah, being just a young person, wasn't too, too sure about whether he could pull that off. But nevertheless, he knew what it was that the Lord wanted him to do. He was aware of God's dream for his particular life. Now, the Apostle Paul felt called from birth for his special role. He writes to the Galatians. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. You and I may not feel called to prophesy like Jeremiah or to preach like the Apostle Paul, but we have all been set apart to fulfill a particular role in God's service. God has placed you and me here for a reason. Now, some of us know what that calling is. And uh, we're living out that calling with deep joy and satisfaction. We have a strong sense of God's calling in our work or in our service to the church or, at, or in what we do at home or in the neighborhood or in government. We're energized by what we do. We truly believe that what we do is making a difference in people's lives. And we took that job or that project or that task and we love it. We are in the sweet spot of our calling. And if you're there, you are blessed. That's cool. Others of us, however, lack that clarity about our particular life's purpose and we envy those who do. One of our speakers at our national denominational gathering this past week, uh, Will Mancini, was lamenting the fact that even though each believer has a special calling from God, the vast majority never name it. So they miss a huge opportunity to make a more meaningful contribution with their entire life. 
You know, that's kind of sad, too, that to miss um, what you were designed to do, to miss out on your life's purpose. You know, a lot of us still struggle with the question we've had since childhood. What do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> we can be 60 years old and we still be asking that question. What do I want to be when I grow up? We seek to live authentically Christian lives, but we wish we could discover that particular thing, you know, that particular calling that God has designed for us and that will bring us joy and fulfillment and satisfaction. So how do we begin to get in touch with what God wants us to do? How can we discover his call upon our lives? Now, the question is often hard to answer. doesn't come with a lot of soul-searching and struggle and prayer. Some of us are not sufficiently self-aware. We haven't thought deeply or imaginatively enough about our life's purpose. Why are we here? It was, in fact, it was Benjamin Franklin who said, the three hardest things in life are these. Diamonds, steel, and knowing yourself. And part of the problem is that we are up against many barriers that tend to keep us in the dark about ourselves and who we really are and our own giftedness, our call. Some of these barriers, we try to live up to the expectations that others have of us. So we end up doing what, we, what others expect us to do rather than doing what we feel called to do. Or we fancy ourselves wanting to be like somebody else, and so we try to imitate their success, trying to be just like them when we should concentrate on being more authentically ourselves. Or we chase money and security and levels of comfort and keep, that keep us locked into a particular way of life so that we cannot even entertain other alternatives to life, to living. Sometimes we're so busy with life that we don't give God's particular purpose for our lives much thought. In fact, in my interactions with others, I'm often surprised how little people have thought about their life's purpose. You know, so if I, if I ask people, what do you think the purpose of your life is? You can kind of tell they haven't really thought about it much. And you know what it all boils down to? Be happy. Now, I don't know about you, but that does not get me out of bed in the morning. Be happy? Actually, it's more like the, uh, the ancient uh, belief or adage, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. So this morning I would like to suggest that we ask ourselves four questions to get a better sense of what God is calling us to do. I tried very hard to keep this sermon to a three-pointer, because every sermon is supposed to have three points and then a conclusion. But today I'm going with four. The first question. We want to discover our calling. Question is, what am I passionate about? Our passion is the thing that energizes us and gives us joy. It's an inner oughtness, a pos positive burden that God places in our heart to make a difference somewhere. 
it's a thing I got to do. Or I won't be true to myself. I just got to do it. I just have this inner desire feeling to do it. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He says, for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast. Since I'm compelled to preach, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. For Paul, preaching was that one thing he just had to do. It almost felt like he was compelled, compulsion to do it. To be true to himself and to his call, it was his passion, the thing that he was born for. So what is that for you? What do you feel compelled to do? What is it that gets you all emotionally fired up? Because a calling from God taps into our energy and into our joy. It tends to grab our heart and our attention. You know, you can try this little exercise to help you identify your passion, your passions in life. Imagine you and I are meeting for the first time. In the course of our conversation, we talk about a variety of topics. Then we turn to a new subject. And as you're talking to me about it, you start speaking a little faster. You lean forward. You become increasingly animated. Your voice goes up a little. Your passion may be indicated by more active body language. You're talking about a subject that could keep you up late at night. It's a topic that would cause you to jump out of bed in the morning. What are we talking about? What is it that you're getting fired up about? You know, our passion may be focused on people. Perhaps we have a heart for children or for youth, for college students, for the elderly, for the family. You may have a passion for the unemployed, for immigrants. We have a people passion. We, we long to be identified as one who makes a difference in certain people's lives. Or our passion may be focused on particular roles or functions or tasks. So we may feel called to be a high-tech entrepreneur or a computer programmer or a researcher or instructor. Perhaps we have a passion to learn, to solve problems, to develop systems. We feel drawn to a certain role that will contribute to the welfare of the community and to our world. Or our passion may be focused on a cause. We may feel drawn to a particular issue or need in society that needs to be addressed if God is to be truly glorified and the cause of Christ advanced. So that some people have a passion for the environment or for human rights or for the homeless or for the victims of sex trafficking or for the spiritually lost. I mean, if we have a cause, passion, we'll enthusiastically attempt to make others aware of the issue and will try to attract supporters who share a like passion. I tend to have a passion that, that's both people-oriented and, and cause-oriented. I have a, a positive burden for the Christian church. I love the church. I've given my life to the church, and I long for the church to become what Christ has in mind for it to be. And I I love to see people grow in their discipleship, in their following of Christ. So what is it that you wish you could really do something about? Can you identify that? What's God put on your heart? 
And I think it's important, you know, to try and identify our passion or a particular calling because if we don't, chances are we will be likely fulfilling the passion of others. And when we are functioning in an area that's not our passion, we will eventually burn out. It's not what we were made for long term. And we won't find it ultimately satisfying. Frederick Buechner, who is um, an author, Christian thinker, um, offers some advice on discovering God's call upon our life. He says, by and large, a good rule for finding out your calling is this. The kind of work God usually calls you to is the kind of work that, A, that you need most to do, and B, that the world most needs to have done. The place God calls you to is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So what is that place for you according to the way that God has designed you and wired you? So that's the first question. So what are you passionate about? Gets you all charged up. And then secondly, the second question, what am I good at? Because God calls us along the lines of our abilities so that we can take inventory of our talents and our strengths and our weaknesses. You know, we may feel, feel that God's calling us to be an artist. But if we don't have any artistic talent, then we're barking up the wrong tree. You know, sometimes receiving the feedback of, of Christian friends who know us and who pray for us uh, can be really important to help us figure out God's call upon our life in terms of our abilities and talents uh, because our friends can be objective. And, and if they know us, they can say, you know, uh, if, if you're considering a particular occupation or a certain endeavor, you know, that doesn't sound like you. I don't think that that's where your gifts really lie. And that's important. For friends to say, our friends can be more objective. Sometimes it's hard to be objective about ourselves. I think if, uh, you know, if, God, if we think that God's calling us to be a singer, but everyone grimaces or runs away when we open our mouth, if people rarely say anything positive, that's telling us something. You know, I, I, I watched a movie on the plane not too long ago. Um, it was Florence Foster Jenkins. Do you know who Florence Foster Jenkins was? was? I mean, this is a, a long time ago, but she was the world's worst opera singer, and she didn't know it. And all of her friends and her family, they were playing a game with her, essentially, and they were worshiping her about how wonderful she is, and yet she couldn't sing a note, hardly. So that in the end, she'd have these concerts and people would mock her. And she didn't know why, why people were laughing. It was actually a very cruel thing to do to somebody. I mean, she needed a friend to be really real with her right from the beginning. You know, maybe the God's steering you into a different artistic endeavor. But she didn't hear that. Florence Foster Jenkins. I think Meryl Streep played her. Uh, you know, Meryl Streep plays every important role <laughs> in movie dumb. I mean, she really is something, isn't she? But anyway, 
What am I good at? Should never end a sentence with a preposition, but anyway, I just did. What am I good at? <laughs> and then third, another question to ask of yourself if you want to discover your call, God's calling upon your life. What have I learned about myself from experience? What have I learned about myself from past successes and failures? What have I learned about myself from the various seasons of my work life and from the projects I've taken up and the people that I've worked with? John C. Maxwell, who's written many books on leadership, says this. Experience isn't the best teacher. Evaluated experience is. Man, he's right on there. It's surprising how many people don't learn from their experiences. They don't even ask the question, how did this go for me? What do I need to avoid? What should I continue to do? No, people just go through an experience and they, they let it go and off they go. They don't learn. They don't take time to think about what it is that brings them joy. Do we work better with people, things, or ideas? Do we excel in persuasion, painting, or planning? Do we prefer quiet, one-on-one -on -one settings, or do we like to be part of a highly charged team? So that the more we think about our experience and evaluate it, the more we will grow. We'll, de we'll develop confidence from our good experiences, and we'll build convictions from our bad experiences, convictions of what we don't want to do and of how we don't want to treat people. So we need to be attentive, think about our work life, and as we do so, we'll move towards work that matches our calling and brings us joy. So, if you're following me, what am I passionate about? What am I good at? What have I learned from experience? And then finally, upon whom am I ultimately relying? Are we merely relying upon our own wisdom and charging ahead in our own power thinking that we ourselves know what's best for our lives? Are we dreaming our own dream, or are we dreaming God's dream for our lives? Are we leaning on God, you know, walking with him day by day, praying for his wisdom and his insight into what he would have us do indeed? The psalmist wrote, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, I know that verse really well, and I've always interpreted that as kind of a me orientation, that if we delight in, in uh, God, then he'll give us whatever we want. He'll give us what we desire, but actually it's just the opposite. If we delight in the Lord, if we walk with him, he will put his desires in us so that we will know what we should do and what we should be. You know that other proverb uh, that you probably know, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So the more we walk with God, the more we enjoy a relationship with God, grow in faith, trust and obedience, the more intuitively we will understand what God would have us be and do. So it's not easy to discover our calling from God. But if you and I can get in touch with our passion and realistically assess our abilities and carefully evaluate our experience and lean on the wisdom of the Lord, delighting in walking daily with him, 
he will make more clear what he would have us be and do. You see, God made you, you, for a reason. Do you hear his call upon your life? How will you respond? 